Welcome to the Painters Podcast, proudly sponsored by Aussie Painters Network and Painters Training. In our podcast, we're interviewing real people on real jobs, as well as specialists within their areas of business to give you ideas to help you grow your business and make it more profitable. All information within this podcast is of general information, and you should seek independent professional advice about your own specific situation. Having 30 years of painting industry experience from running his own painting business, the editor of the Aussie Painting Contractor magazine, to now mentoring painting business owners and training apprentices. I'd like to introduce your host, Nigel Gorman. Hey, Glenn. Morning. How's it going today? Not too bad, mate. And yourself? Good, good. Another it's, early morning. It's 6 yeah, o'clock again. It is 6 a.m. That's yep. it, man. You've got to be up before the sun rises. Most definitely. Well, I know you've already done it. Um, I think we're talking, was it last week or the week before that we were talking? And yes, yes, I was at the gym at 4 a.m. I was out of there by 5 uh, in the office by about uh, 5.30. So, look, you know, the other, the other week I think we're talking about, you know, I slept in and I didn't get off to my normal day routine. And, and it's, um, it, it plays a massive difference when you basically win the morning or, or win the day um it's it's a it's a ritual so to speak yeah yeah well we've all got those incredibly important yeah exactly um, so, so yeah so i think today um we were going to talk about uh, recruitment i yep. think that that's what we were planning on talking about right it was we did yeah that was you know and i mean at the moment as you know uh, every every piece of social media you know every one of our facebook groups every everything that i'm seeing out there is i need help i need staff where can i find them and they're just grabbing the first person that that sticks their hand up and gets going you know because they need feet on the ground and hands mm. you know, on the brush so it's just it, it's just ludicrous out there at the moment you know I've, i know ourselves we've got uh, about 150 employers currently looking for apprentices. That's just in southeast Queensland. If I could That's find if I could find 150 kids or 150 people interested in an apprenticeship, we'd have them in a job. You know, if they're in the right areas. So you know, I mean, I know we've got to today. There's another two being signed up that um, that have come through different programs that we're mm. running. Um, you know, we, we've got. Uh, we ran a, a tri-trade day with six kids and we've got three of those looking for school-based apprenticeships, you know, and then they'll only yeah. for three months, three or four months, they'll do a school-based and then they're going into a full apprenticeship, you know. But oh, we're just getting called day after day after day. So so what ideas, I guess, have you got that you can look at or your, your thoughts on how you hire, how you look at those sorts of things? What are you? Throw it out there. Look, I think I think the first thing, because uh, because I think last week or the week before we spoke about um sham, your your favourite sham contracting, right? Last week, yep. So so you know I, I don't want to rehash what we've already talked about in relation to employment contracts and all that kind of shit. Um, this is mainly about recruiting and, and hiring and finding. So, yeah. Um, basically. I guess the first and foremost thing is you have to understand where your business is at financially um, in order to make a hiring decision. Okay. So what my understanding of hiring is you hire when it hurts. <laughs> it's, it's, it's uh, you know, 
hire when it hurts. Okay, so come on, Glenn, give me a definition of hiring when it hurts. Uh, hire when it hurts means um, you are doing, I don't know, 40 quotes a week and you're sick and tired of being at someone's house at 5 p.m. at night just to get through them all. Um, or, you know, you're getting in leads and you just simply can't get to them all and you're losing leads because of it or you're losing jobs because um, you're, you can't get enough staff or you're doing too many hours or like you're, you're making a specific hiring decision because you're feeling pain and suffering. You're not trying to uh, move through that pain and suffering by just trying to grin and bear it, but you're trying to strategically uh, use your or money soldiers. So um, money soldiers is a term that I picked up a while ago. And money soldiers means that you use money like soldiers and the soldiers go out to war for you. And ideally they bring back the spoils of war, which is more money. Um, and the more money soldiers you have, the more you have the ability to leverage and to conquer. And so conquering time is very important because you want to buy back time with your money soldiers. Um, but you also need to understand that when you're sending your money soldiers out in the way of employment recruiting, uh, that employ uh, that employment or hiring decision has to be worth those money soldiers. You can't make a negative hiring decision, meaning it's you're losing money soldiers. You can't see it. It has to be a positive investment. Okay. Yep. Now, part of the recruitment phase of things is understanding who you're re recruiting why you're recruiting them, what job they're going to be doing, and then on top of that, um, finding the right person, which in today's marketplace, anybody with a heartbeat is being thrown at the freaking wall. Yep. Oh, yeah, definitely. That it's, You know, I know that anyone that puts their hand up and says, hey, I want to become a painter, they're getting a job. Because they, they're just... And, and it doesn't matter where in the state you are or where in the country you are. You know, I mean, I know every state at the moment has a shortage of labour, whether it be in painting, whether it be in um, any other trade, but particularly um, there's, there's only a select pool. Employment rates are at the lowest, so you've got less people to pick from a pool um, of, of potential candidates and then trying to convince them that you want to get them into this trade. You know, whether it be painting, carpentry, tiling, plastering, whatever the trade is, trying mm -hmm. to attract the right people to that. Um, you know, it, it's really a tough, tough sell. Well, with what you do, you're at, you're at the um, at the infant stage of the industry, meaning that yeah. you're dealing with the newcomers into yep. the industry. Yep. You know, with, with all due respect, business owners um, that have a contracting business that are feeling pain and suffering don't really, you know, need the burden they they're like i need bodies and i need competent bodies freaking took yesterday yeah. um and look some contractors have the mindset of, of of their strategy okay and this is this is all part of the hiring process is their strategy maybe look i've got two guys i'm going to double my workforce by hiring two apprentices simply because that's my long-term strategy okay i'm not interested yeah. in hiring somebody that's you know going to leave me in six months like a journeyman I'm doubling down and making an investment and that's what they choose to do. And they're doing a time and money investment. 
Other people uh, will use labour hire and pay $60 an hour for labour hire. Other people will use subcontractors. Uh, like there's, there's, there's pros and cons to all of these different hiring decisions. But yep. the reality is, is you have to find out what works best for you. But the thing that doesn't work best for you is bitching about it and complaining and, you know, just being a bitch, realistically. Because everyone's complaining about the same problem. What starts to happen when when the the table turns, and uh, we don't have a hiring a, a labour shortage, but we've got a work shortage. Everyone's going to start complaining that they can't get the right prices for the jobs, and they're going to start saying that there's not enough work around. Well, that's a problem. That's <laughs> yeah. already the problem. Guys aren't getting enough money for the jobs. There's still guys out there that are booked out for, for three, four, five months ahead of themselves. And I, when I'm talking to them, I bet you ask the question, well, what rates are you working to? Have you put your rates up because you've got that much work? I'll never win anything if I put my rates up. Well, you can't get the work anyway. Mm. So why are you bothering wasting your time if you, if you can't get to the work for six months? You know, if you're going to do it, up your rates, make sure that, you know, these new people that you're bringing in, in into your staff, um, if they haven't got the, the necessary skills, at least you're going to be, by putting up your rates, you're going to have that little bit of extra time to spend training them. Because that's the other big one. You know, the guys training them in the systems that you need within your business. Everyone does things slightly differently. There is no, so long as you get the same end result, there's no exact science behind you know what you paint first you know obviously we all know you do prep first but i know guys that go through and spray all their frames and gloss out the frames before they start on the the walls you know but then i know others that do the walls and then they go and do their you know so there's no exact science everyone's got their own their own way of doing things and there's no right or wrong way of doing things but when it comes down to the hiring of your staff there's certainly a right way and a wrong way. You get the wrong people in there, you're in more trouble than it's worth because all of a sudden you're, you're creating a problem within your company, within your business, if you have the wrong people there. You know, we've all we've all done it. We've all had people that have come into our businesses and disrupted our businesses and, and caused all sorts of, of problems into staff, you know, so on and so forth. So it's a matter of trying to work out the right fit for, you know, not just putting the first person that comes in the door, like most painters do, first person comes in the door and they say, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, we'll take that one. Yeah, we'll give you a job. You can start tomorrow. But they don't actually know whether they're going to fit into their business. You know, I know you and I've talked in the past that you've got a multi-level, you know, you'll do two or three different uh, interview stages before you actually put someone on. You want to find out what they're like. Yeah, so... Yeah, we want to we want to understand. Um, I see it as we need to. It's everything's great in the honeymoon phase. We and this is not only when you're in a relationship with people, and, and business is about relationships. No, there's no two ways about it. But um, when you enter a relationship with somebody, especially if it's like a personal relationship, when you just meet a girl, everything's lustful and attraction and all the rest of it. But then when that, when that initial phase is over, the, the, you know, the true colours of people start to show. And as a business owner, it's very, very important that you indemnify yourself when that honeymoon phase is over because don't ever get it twisted. When money is involved, people's teeth come out and you will be shafted. It's just 
whether you're shafted by time, by money, by uh, losing jobs, uh, stress, staying up at night, dealing with abusive emails and, and fair work and all and, and obsmans and all the rest of it, you need to understand what your legalities are when it comes to employment and hiring, no different to the employee or the subcontractor or God forbid, whatever it is, needs to understand there. So you need to approach the situation where I'm offering this much money. Oh, but the market is offering this. Okay, fantastic. If the market is offering $120,000 a year compensation for a supervisor and I'm prepared to offer $80,000 a year, I have to look at it and say, well, what? who am I attracting? Am I attracting someone that's going to completely solve all of my production problems or am I attracting somebody that I'm going to have to work with? And if I'm trying to attract somebody that's going to solve all my production problems, if they screw everything up, I've only got myself to blame. Okay. Yep. And so once again, it's, a, it's all about the money soldiers because the whole reason why you're hiring somebody is to make money. Everybody says I hire people because I want to grow my business and I want to have more people and I love people. And the only reason why you're hiring people is to get through more jobs so you can make more money. Let's, let's be real. Okay. Yep, exactly. Um, so it's, it's very, very important that the people that you meet, they have to be competent and everyone's going to say that they're competent. And that's, that's why an interview is so important. And at the interview, it's like, you know, you put an ad out, you, you may have various ways of putting advertisements out, you know, you seek, you use Gumtree, you use, Facebook, you use all the myriad of different ways to post an advertisement for the job that you're or for the job role that you're planning on, on fulfilling. Then you get inquiries and then you need to interview these inquiries. You need to make sure that they are who they say they are. And when you interview these people, they are going to tell you everything that you want to be told because they don't have a job or they don't like the job where they're at. So everything that they tell you can't can't be taken as gospel truth. It all has to be almost like a police officer pulling over somebody and being like, hi, man, why are you out tonight? Oh, I'm out driving because of X, Y, Z. And he, he looks at that individual with complete skepticism. I don't know you. I don't trust you. I can only go off the signals that you're showing. Faith, complete face value. Um, and if that police officer sees anything outside of the norm, he is going to investigate further. And that is the way that you need to approach, or in my opinion, at least anyway, the way that you need to approach uh, recruitment. Because if people today with technology, like you can go and look up somebody's Facebook, you can Google search their name, you can look through the court registries to see if they've, if they've been in any uh, court cases and things like that. You can do all these things, you know. Um, it's not uncommon in management positions to do background checks on people. As, as, as trades, we, we don't do background checks on people. Why, why is that? It's, it's crazy. Mm. Oh, exactly, 100%. Oh, look, I know that, you know, most people um, going certainly into to, well, any corporate type of business, um, they have a police check. There's no, it's mandatory. Mm -hmm. you know, um, I know my wife's just starting a new job next week and, and each time that she's gone with where she's at, um, she has a mandatory police check every time. It takes about two weeks to come back. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It gets done and, and you know, yeah. I mean, never any problems, but, it, it you know, they do that automatically. That's part of your employment contract, you know. 
And they want it. They do thorough searches at that sort of level um, of it. Where, like you say, with a painter, oh, turn up, yeah, turn up tomorrow. You got your tools, good. Yep, yeah, okay, you got a job. Let's start. And it's been a phone call. It hasn't even been a face-to-face. They turn up. And and that's half of the problem, right? Yeah. So part of that is let's just say I'm interviewing uh, painters, right? Let's let's just say for for argument's sake, I posted an ad and I got 30 painters and we're talking argument's sake here. Like, Glenn, 30 painters are not going to respond to your ad. Well, you know, a couple of years ago, man, it wouldn't have been uncommon. It wouldn't have been uncommon. Yeah. Right? Um, so let's just say I posted an ad today and let, 30 painters. Okay. Now, if I had, and I was like, hey, man, I don't have an office. I'll meet you at, at McDonald's at such and such. Come out, meet me, and I want to meet you face-to-face and have a chat with you. I, I first call him over the phone and see if he, if he talks the talk. Now I want to meet you. Now what I'm doing when I meet that individual is I want to see what kind of car he drives? Does he drive a hatchback? <laughs> Is yep. he telling me that he's a painter and has all of his tools? Okay, great. Can I can I can I see them? What, what do you mean? Can you see my tools? Well, you're telling me you've got all your tools. Can I see all your tools? Have you got like a step ladder? Oh no no no! I just use a milk crate and I just sh- 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 with a with a freaking milk crate. Do you know how many times I've been told I just sh- 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 like it drives me insane when people tell me that they. Sh- sh- when they do things. Um, and, 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 you know, the reality is, is you as an employer have seen it all. Like, you know, just, just as I have, just as Nigel has, you've been on the tools, you know that all these people just talk shit through their mouth. They don't, yep. they don't tell the truth. And you've been burnt time and time and time and time again against your better judgment. So yep. for, the, for the next time that you undertake this, Use your damn better judgment and start being like, nah, mate, you're not for me. Why, why am I not for you? Well, that's the, 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 I'm going to keep looking. Yep. And it may save you some heartache. Yeah, it doesn't matter how desperate you are, how much work you've um, got on. You know, the. Yeah, it doesn't matter how desperate you are or how much work you've got on or anything like that. If you, like we were saying before, if you get the wrong person, that can, that can, cause more headaches and more problems, not just for your, your business, you know, your personal, but also for your other staff and everything else and all of those sorts of things. It, it's just it's a snowball effect. Well, the thing is, is um, we're painters. We're not plumbers. We're not electrical. Nothing is, uh, unless you're working for builders, nothing is urgent, okay? Um, and if it is urgent, you need to figure out a way of, of making it not urgent. But... The reality is, is everybody is busy right now. And that's just how it is. Yep. You know, you may have three months worth of work. I may have three months worth of work. So, such and such may have six months worth of work. Everybody's busy and we're all competing over the same labor pool, meaning everyone's their rods all fishing in the same place. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's overfished. Yep. You know, there's nothing that you can do other than underpin whatever problems you're having and maintain the course of whatever it is that you're doing. If you try and uh, take on a 100-unit a, a complex and be like, oh, I'm just going to get the guys, well, you, you're just setting yourself up for pain and suffering because, like, let's just face it, the marketplace is not dictating that. 
And so yeah. nobody lo- nobody likes to lose opportunities because of recruitment. Um, I'll be the first to tell you I've lost plenty of opportunities because of you know recruitment. Recruitment and talent is the biggest uh, one of the biggest industries in the world. Like uh, WMG in in America is the largest talent recruitment agency for Hollywood. Like yeah. it, it, it it's a meat market, and just because you're a painting contractor or you're in the uh, in the trade industry, you're no friggin' different. Talent, you know, harboring new talent and bringing on new talent is extremely important. Like, I'm a massive fan of the UFC. Love the UFC. I love the violence. Yeah. The biggest component of the UFC is not the stars. It's not the stars because they shine so bright and they do so well. And then, just like everybody, they have a shelf life. They burn out, they get smashed, and then the fans... You know, it's like the gladiators. They fall out of love with them. The UFC has to harbour new talent and and bring on new talent consistently to create new stars. That's the key component of their business. And uh, if you're a contractor and you're not thinking that way, you can't have a growth mindset. It's not possible. No, well, that's the, that is it. Spot on. Um, if Unless you... And that's probably why... I guess the the training we're doing, the the sorts of things we do, because there is a limited pool. There are more people retiring from the painting industry at the moment than what we've got coming in, which I mean for for painters is is and painting business owners, if you're running a successful business, you're gonna find over over time that your business will grow exponentially. That because the more stuff they're building today, the more stuff we've got to paint in 10 years. So the, the, there's going to be a peak, uh, and particularly painting, which is different to any other trade that most people don't sort of think about, in that the more stuff they build today, the more staff you're going to need to paint that stuff in 10 years if you're running a business. You know, Whereas you look at a concrete or a concrete pours oh, a slab, he's never, he's never back to the job. So, you know... Unless you start bringing mm. through and training staff now and bringing people through to, to run your systems, in five years' time, and, and I believe that we're going to continue with this, this building growth, I can't see it actually dropping, you know, there's, because there's, there's so many growth in population. We're so underhoused at the moment in areas, so on and so forth. That's just going to continue to grow. You know, there's there's going to be there's more high rises going up. Mm. There's everything. There's everything that is built, being built today will need to be painted again in ten years' time. So that plus what is already in play. So all that all that painting is going to do is continue to grow. You need to do your same with your business. Grow your staff and get your staff to a point where you know, depending on what you're wanting to do with your business. You know, if, if you're wanting to in your business um, grow it so you can step out of it and have someone managing it and, you know, or maybe just managing the jobs and not having to do the quotes and, you know, depending on what you're after, it all comes back to your staff. Because if you don't put the right staff in the right places, your, your business is going to fail. You know, you're going to struggle or you're going to be stuck on the tools. You know, so it depends you know- on what your goals are. You know, the, um, a, a lot of the time, even me when I was younger, the, the goal was a million dollars. Yep. That, that seven figures. And, um, you know, 
it, it's a shiny goal. And um, the reality is, is that it's, it is quite easy to get to a million dollars, even if you're, even if you are profitable, there's, if you do it right, it's, it's not, it's, it's hard work, but it is totally doable. Now, the reality is, is it's harder to go from 1 million to 2 million and from 2 million to 5 million than what it is to go from, you know, 250 to a million. Now, the problem is is talent and recruitment because you can get to a million dollars doing most of it yourself, management-wise. That's the reality. You can get to a million dollars by quotes and project management. And look, you need a team of painters and stuff like that. But the reality is, is you can't go from 1 million to 2 million by yourself as no. a manager. You need management staff to, to step in. And you can't go from two to four or from two to three, you know, two to three, three to four, four to five without more management staff. And that's why multi seven figure businesses over three to between three to six million dollars, that is the turning point. Of, of those businesses. They are mature enough to essentially operate in the marketplace with some level of success, but don't get it twisted. They are not freaking successful by any means. They are successful from the shop front, but the internal problems, it's like a duck on water and its feet are just fucking going 100 miles an hour. And it, it all relies on the ability of systems, processes and talent recruitment. If the talent and the recruitment is not done in an efficient, effective way and the processes and the training schedules for the new talent are not clearly mapped out. Now, we're we're talking about recruitment here. So what I'm getting into now is if I hire a supervisor, I need a 10 or 12-week training schedule so he understands every facet of the business, understands every component of every task that he needs to do. And I also need key performance indicators that is going to govern his success. On top of, I need to create a profile of the exact kind of person I'm going to hire. Is he between 35 and 45? Does he have a family? Does he have a mortgage? What kind of car does he drive? Where does he live? You know, what's his habits? What does he do on the weekends? Does he go to the gym? Is he overweight? Does he like to drink? Does he like to smoke? Does he have nicotine stains on his fingers? Like, this is the essence of growth and talent acquisition. Because if I get somebody coming in the door that's 135 kilos, that, that's interviewing for a supervisor that smokes and drinks himself into oblivion every Friday night and he can't stop eating junk food, how is he going to deal with stress? And being a supervisor, there's a lot of stress. Yep. So as part of your recruitment process, you already know that that individual is a red flag because he doesn't have discipline for starters. Because if he had discipline, he wouldn't smoke, he wouldn't drink, and he wouldn't be uh, obesely overweight. And so if you want management staff to be effective, they have to be disciplined. They have to run a calendar. They have to be on time. You can't have supervisors turning up 45 minutes late to appointments or estimators or business managers not managing things effectively. It's different for painters. No, see, in some ways, no, it's not. It's not because those guys, the painters that are out there, are the ones that are actually representing your business and they're the ones that are actually spending more time with your clients than anyone else. So they're the guys, you know, that are realistically your face of your business are the ones that are actually applying the coatings to the substrates. 
So there's, it's just as important that they understand the, the going-ons of the business, I think. Well, the, the, the painters have their own set of, of uh, KPIs and they have their own set of yes. th- that profile, the pro- profile that we just discussed for a supervisor is completely different to a profile for a painter, okay? Yeah, 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 the okay, demand, so. okay, yeah, keep yeah, in yeah, mind, a painter, yeah. uh, yeah, like, keep, keep, keep in mind, a painter might only be worth seventy, eighty thousand $80,000 a year. A, super might be, a supervisor might be worth one hundred dollars to $130,000 a year. Yeah. So the, the, the requirements are different. But I, I do agree with what you're saying. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, so, yeah. You know, and the, the thing is, too, is, um, you know, when people come into your business, they're also going to tell you what they do. Oh, I did it like this at this person's place. I, okay. I used to do it like this with my old boss. I used to do this and I used to do that. And I'm so good at this and I'm so good at that. And it's like, I don't care. Uh, you know, like you have to have um, the authorator to be able, I wouldn't say to dominate the, the, the staff because that's not the right word, but you, you have to be the boss. Yeah. If you are getting something that you don't like, you have to balls up and say, no, I don't care what how you did it at Woolworths. You are not working at Woolworths now. You are working at Coles and we are on a 14-day payment schedule. That's just how it is. If you don't like it, there's the door. Um, and, and all of these things are part of your journey as a business owner, as part of recruitment. It's, just, it's a necessary evil that you just have to get to come to grips with <laughs> because yeah, yeah. everybody has a shelf life. You, you can't just clone people and you can't just, you know, create drones that will be with you forever. The, the guy that you've got with you right now, that's the best guy that you've got is going to leave you. And he could leave you tomorrow. He could leave you next week. He could leave you in a year's time. He could be hit by a truck. I don't know, but yeah. you have to plan for when that happens. Yep. Yeah. Whereas most employers don't. All of a sudden, it's, holy hell, I've lost two staff members. What the hell am I going to do? I've got all this work backed up. How am I going to find anyone? For, put an ad out there on, on wherever, and the first person that puts a hand up, okay, you can start tomorrow. Good, start tomorrow. Well, then you've got a question. Hang on, why can someone start tomorrow is the first flag. You know, well, why, why have they, what have they done that they've left, that they, they haven't got a job? And particularly in these times, you know, where there is so much work around. Are they just chasing, like you say, the journeyman? Are they just chasing the extra $2 an hour to, to you know, um, to put in their pocket? Are they, you know, have they left another job because they weren't performing to the, the requirements of the employer? Are they, you know, all those sorts of things. So that's where I think that, like you said, that having that, um, that I, interview I'm a firm process. believer of the blacklist, man. Like I, I would be, <clears throat> yeah. sorry, yeah, I, I'm a firm believer of the blacklist, man. I'd be a multi-millionaire if I was able to create a, a web page or a, or, a, or a database that you can go online and search somebody's name with a, with a bloody number, just like the, the real estate blacklist, and you yep. can see their employment history and, and, and the employer gets to log down what actually transpired. Like, you know, the reality is, is whether it's the trade industry or whatever industry it is, the office worker industry is completely different to the trade industry. And uh-huh. I haven't seen that any clearer than when I moved into this office space. Yeah. You know, the way that they hire, the way that they reference check, the way that they conduct themselves with their employment contracts, background checks, psychological tests are online to understand what personality type you are, typing tests. This is yeah. the equivalent 
if you want to be a receptionist, you have to give me how many words you type per minute and you have to prove it to me. This is the equivalent of saying, how many doors can you roll in an hour? <laughs> exactly. You know, um, it, it's, it's night and day. And, it's, and the only way that the industry as a whole, like, you know, everyone's complaining about the industry and, and all these, uh, you know, shit painters and the rest of it, well, just raise the bar. You know, yep. like if I don't hire him, you won't hire him. Somebody else won't hire him because our, our criteria is so stringent. And then he will either die off or, you know, he just, he, he will have to meet, meet the bar. Yeah. And the same goes with pay rate as well. Oh, definitely. Well, that's, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, everyone, if you ask, 95% of painters out there will straight away say, I'm the best painter there is. No one's gonna. No one's gonna be better than me or faster than me. Or you know, you're not gonna make any more money than what I'll be able to make for you. I can do all that sort of stuff. And then the proof's got to be in the pudding. It's like when you said before, when you go through your interview process, what car do they turn up in? What tools do they have? What experience have they actually got? It's all of that stuff on a phone call. You you can't make those judgments. You know, but I'd say 90 plus percent of painting businesses out there, they've made that call because they're desperate and they need just hands on the, you know, hands on the tools and feet on the ground, that they're just grabbing anyone that they can without even going through any of those processes. So I think that, you know, that's that's something that um, hopefully from today's podcast the guys actually start to think about their future, their business, where they're going, all of those sorts of things, and particularly when we're talking about recruitment. Desperation is a very, very uh, negative emotion, and yeah. desperation will cause you to throw your baby out with the bathwater. As a business owner, it, we, we struggle with all different types of mental health, and I'm very big on mental health. Yeah. Um, and you know, we struggle with all these different emotions and being fucked over by this person. It's, it's a struggle. It's a battle. Like you're always fighting for, for your ass, you know. It's fight or flight every freaking day. And then, you know, it, when then you get desperation kicking in. And when desperation kicks in, you make some of the worst decisions because of desperation. You just want the pain to stop. And, and I've been there. I've, I've, I've experienced it. And yeah. you just have to... You just have to gut it out because if you hire this person out of, you need to make a decision. Are you hiring this person because of your money soldiers or are you hiring this person out of desperation? If you're hiring them out of desperation, just stop and sleep on it and just give it a couple of days. Yeah. You know, it has to be a calculated decision. Otherwise, it's only going to lead to more pain, more hurt and more desperation. Oh, for sure. For sure. Well, we know that's what happens. And that's, you know, that, that's, we've seen it. We've been there. I know I've done it. Been there, done it. Yeah, I've done it. You've done it. You know, we, we, we've I've, all been there. I've been done there. It. I've done it. Um, you know, and, and there's, the, there's no shame in it. No. There's, no. there's no shame in it because, you know, what shame is there in making a bad decision? What shame is there? Like, it's your money on the line. Like, if anybody, like all these people out there could say, oh, you know, he's an idiot because he made that decision or, you know, I never would have done that, you know, like, you know, yeah. who does he think he is? Like all these people, you know, talking it up, 
they don't have the balls to go out and do what contractors or business owners are doing. They're not putting their their money on the line. They're not risking the biscuits, so to speak. They're they're not putting their um, time and effort and sacrifice. They are simply going to work for somebody else and putting their hand out at the end of the week and expecting the obsman and fair work to protect them. Business owners have no protection. No. And, And that's where it's very important to back yourself to be confident in your abilities and um, and just accept the journey. Yep. Nope. Spot on. But, um, on that note, um, yep. on that note, mate, time's getting on. I've got to yeah, get going for the day. It was We've a pleasure to talking to you. You too. And we'll, um, we'll catch up again next week. Take care. And Sounds good, mate. Have a good one. Thanks, bud. Talk, Talk soon. soon. See ya. Bye. Bye. The Aussie Painters Network team would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the Painters Podcast. If you have any industry-related topic or would like to just have a chat, remember, Aussie Painters Network and Painters Training are here for you. Bye for now.